Hi, I'm Sean O. McCarthy, founding editor of The Comics Comic, found wherever you can type The Comics Comic into your electronic devices. Welcome to Last Things First, the show that asks comedians about the historic lasts and firsts in their lives as their comedy careers have blossomed, from young people with dreams to adult people living those dreams, or still dreaming. Questions both big and small are asked and answered. It's hopefully both amusing and illuminating. Zainab Johnson had other plans for her life, perhaps professional basketball or teaching, before a tragic accident changed her life and her worldview. Johnson sits down to tell me how she absorbed the lessons of the comedians she hung out with before jumping into comedy herself. So far, so good. After being named a new face at Montreal's Just for Laughs Festival in 2014, she's appeared on HBO's All Deaf Comedy, NBC's Last Comic Standing, Arsenio, BET's Comic View, MTV's Acting Out, and Axis TV's Cotham Comedy Live. She's also developing a TV series now with the help of Wanda Sykes. So let's get to it! All right, Zainab. So, hey, Sean. So last things first, um, <laughs> I have to ask about the hair. Ask! Because as someone with uh, not a lot of hair options myself, <laughs> ask away. When I first met you, you were shaved head. Yes. And now you've got a nice fro. Nice full fro. Yes. Uh, was the sh- were these were the, are these both personal choices or professional choices? Personal choices. Okay. My look is never professional. <laughs> My look is always personal, and mm-hmm. if it works out in the professional favor, then cool. But the look is always personal. The shaved head was just, I felt like shaving my head that day. It was nothing more than that. Okay. And me stopped, like the moment I stopped shaving it, it was nothing more than that. It wasn't like, I'm re- I want the industry to see me in a certain way. I want to play these. It's like everybody wears wigs on TV. This could easily be a wig. You know? You know? Like... I just decided That's to grow it back. That's something that white people completely forget about. Yeah. Even if they... Unless they watched uh, that uh, Chris Rock documentary, Good Hair, I guess. Yeah, but you know a lot of white people wear wigs, too. Did you know that? I did not know that. Most I white, know about extensions. No, no, no. Most, most, for, most of our big white actors and actresses mm-hmm. wear wigs on, on camera. They just wear different types of wigs. First of all, the men's wigs, you can always tell the, mm-hmm. the men's wigs. Most of our major <laughs> male white stars. If you're just tuning in, this is our <laughs> weekly podcast about hair. <laughs> hair talk. <laughs> they have hair pieces. Mm-hmm. Some of them are bad. Like, obviously, like, a Nicolas Cage, his hair mm-hmm. piece is, like, terrible. You know, John Travolta, he had to just eventually go bald because right. his hair piece is terrible. But you wouldn't think that George Clooney's hair is not not his hair. Wait, you wouldn't what? think. I think the only one. Wait, I think the only one whose hair is like like he's just been blessed by God mm-hmm. with like, like with like. Please don't say Trump. No. Because <laughs> that is his real hair. It's just no. It's not. But it's but it's uh, all. In a cotton candy should no. It's but not. But it's all. No, it's not. No, it's not. His hair is like um, <laughs> a, a blonde Brillo pad. <laughs> hey, you know the stuff. The um. The wool, wool iron that you use to stop up like a mouse hole or something. Mm-hmm. That's what Trump's hair is. Just the, the honey blonde version of it. You know who has real hair? And it's amazing. Brad Pitt. That's his hair. Everybody else. Now, white women, they wear wigs too. But they wear a lot of half wigs. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't look like a wig. Right. <laughs> Just FYI. Does the... Have you found that your comedy plays differently based on the hair? Um, 
because I know when I first saw you was on Last Comic Standing. Yes. And everybody made a big deal about your look. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the shaved head is so like, um, I think they both, I think just my look period is always takes at least a few seconds for the audience, especially if you don't know me, to adjust to, Mm -hmm. to say, okay, we didn't know that this was comedy, you know? Um, But the shaved head just everywhere in life, off stage, on stage, it's it's a showstopper. It's like, who the fuck does she think she is? Oh, okay, this is who she is, you know? Um, The Afro, I don't think, I think it's like, you know, something to look at, but it's not like the shaved head, you know? It's not like the shaved head. But I I can't say whether the material is received differently because I'm doing different material, you know? So I'm not... So it does change... Somewhat. Yeah, like I can't talk about like, so, so when I talk about having an afro now and with the afro, how I exist in the world with a woman, as a woman with an afro, I reference a little bit that I have a shaved head. But just, for, just so that they understand the reason why I'm talking about this is because it's new for me too, you know? <laughs> right. Um, but I think if I had an afro for like 10 years, I wouldn't be talking about it. Now we on to, you know how you got to establish it and, then now, and now you're just living. Like right now, it's like the, the establishing Zainab with hair now for viewers. And then eventually I'll just be living. Right. I'm still Zainab. I'm, just- I'm still Zainab. Yeah. Yeah. And that's always like that's at the top. That's at the beginning. And then we could get into the shit, the, the, the bread and butter, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, that's, that's something that's more peculiar to stand-ups than to actors because actors are always wearing wigs yeah. and, because it's for a part. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like they- Brad Pitt with a good... Brad with the good hair. Yeah. It's, you know, oh, why is your hair all like, oh, because yeah. I'm doing a movie. I'm doing a, exactly, exactly. So I had to grow the beard to look Exactly, like exactly. You know what, though, when I was, um, when I started to grow my hair back, I was a little bit concerned that people wouldn't recognize me because I had did, I had got some, you know, I had just did Last Comic Standing. I had just did New Face. I, I felt like I had just been introduced to the world, of the, to the public through right. comedy. And I was afraid that people would not, I got to have to start back from, you know, zero. A new face on a new face. On a, yeah. <laughs> and I talked to Wanda. Mm-hmm. I, I talked to Wanda Sykes and I was like, I'm, I don't know. I'm a little bit nervous about going my hair back. And Wanda was like, it should never be about your hair. It should always be about what's coming out of your mouth, what you what you conjure up in your head and how you deliver it. That is what's most important. She said, and if you keep doing that right, you don't ever have to worry about what you look like. Had you met Wanda before last comic? No. I encountered her once mm-hmm. at the improv. We were both waiting for valet for our cars at valet. And um, she, she, somebody had, I had just did like a show with like, um, like, like maybe like a showcase that was like Kevin Hart showcase or something. Okay. And the host wrote on her show hilarious. And he's like, I got to tell Wanda about you. I got to tell Wanda about you. And I guess he did because at the valet, she said Zainab. And I was like, <gasps> And, and my friend who was with me at the time, he was like, I didn't know you knew Wanda. I was like, I don't go with it, though. Go with it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was it. It was like a, a two-second encounter, but I, that was it. And then after that, I saw her, you know, while taping Last Comic Standing. But you still have, like, a working relationship with her, Yeah, right? yeah. Wanda's like, she, I don't know if she knows, but she's like a mentor. She might not have agreed to it, but I made her it. <laughs> how, how were you able to do that? to continue the relationship after doing the show? 
So there was like a short, there was like a period of time, like a good amount, maybe like a half a year. Mm-hmm. In between the show and me actually going into a meeting with her, because she has a, a like a, a a successfully ran production company. Push so it. We, yeah, so she, her, and Paige, they're producing things, mm-hmm. and so they should always have a pipeline of talent because they're in the business of getting ideas from talent and and helping to make them as big as they can be. Right. You know, that guy Branham. Yeah. Last comic, he didn't. Yeah. He didn't advance as far as he might have liked. Yeah. But, he got but now he has a successful talk show game show. Yeah, on True TV. That's made by Wanda and Paige. It's made by Wanda and Paige. And it's one of those like um, rare moments where you find the perfect thing for that person. Do you get what I'm saying? Right. Like a lot of us on stage, we get to be our perfect selves, right? Whatever that means. And then when it comes to like TV and the industry and showcases and festivals, you try and fit into a box that's already created, you know? And sometimes you, what you do doesn't fit into that box and you try and you try and you try and do it. And sometimes you lose what is the magic of you. Um, I, did you go to the award show at the... I missed it. Dion Cole said something... It was great to me. And I can't often say, this is going to sound shady as fuck, <laughs> but I, could, I, I never thought I would quote Dion Cole. Okay, I believe that. You know, yeah. but he said, every day we, walk pa- we look into the mirror and we walk past the magic that is us. And we try and find ourselves in the world. We try and make ourselves like everything else. And every one of us, we walk by the magic that we have to face every single day, the uniqueness, and we never recognize it. He said, and there's a few of us that look at it and know, and we recognize it, you know? And we try to, uh, uh, what's the word? What's the word? What's the word? Replicate? No. We try to bring it to fruition. That's the best way that I can say it. And I just thought that that was... I don't know if he knew he was said something magical to me, but wait, did he say that on stage? Or he off said stage? that on stage. He he said that on stage, and he was referring to Little Rel. You know, yeah. like he he was trying to say that Little Rel had done that, like in in a place where you are pushed to be something else. And he was speaking about Chicago, yeah. a place where you're pushed to be a very specific thing as a very specific person. There's a few of them that acknowledge no 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 my uniqueness is the very thing that will separate you know that will make me great did you know that when you first got into comedy no no i just thought you got to be funny mm-hmm. which you do what what was your life like when you decided to get into comedy because you you were doing other stuff before right well, I was like pursuing acting. I was doing like sketch and improv, but never with the intent, never like trying to be a comedian. You know, I just, just certain things just happened that way. But I mean, I was also like teaching, you know, I was like just figuring out life. And then, and then comedy happened and it, and it changed, it changed the way I socialize, you know, it sort of changed the people that I encounter all the time. What was the moment when you went from watching comedy to realizing you should be up there? Was there a specific show or project you were working on? I think it was two shows. I saw, you ever heard of Pretty Funny Women? Yeah. I saw a Pretty Funny Woman showcase and it was all women and... (laughs) So far so good. 
<laughs> not pretty or funny. <laughs> and I don't know if I... One out of three. They say two out of three ain't bad. One out of three is bad. They were all women, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and Was this in New York or L.A.? Or? L.A. Okay. Yeah, and... I, uh, I didn't even go because I was heard about it. A friend of mine mm-hmm. said, come with me to this. Let's go check. Her friend was performing. Okay. And she said, come with me to this. Let's check it out. And I was like, okay. You know, I hadn't, I hadn't seen a show with all women on it ever in my life. So, um, and, and I don't think in that moment when I saw it and didn't very, wasn't very much impressed by it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I thought, I got to do this. I know the answer. I just, I think that happens subconsciously. Like, is this, is this what is they, they're putting out there? You know, like, mm. and gonna then. going to pick from here to put on the TV? Yeah. And then I saw, I what was. What year was that? Do you remember? I started comedy in 2010, August 2010. Okay. So that show might have happened in like April or May 2010, you know? Okay. Yeah. But the first show I ever, the first open mic I ever did was August 2010. Where was that? North Hollywood at a hookah lounge. <laughs> hey. I didn't go to a comedy club. It's an open mic. Yeah, yeah, I just went. It was like free five minutes, first come, first serve. Mm-hmm. It was a block away from my house. And so that was, it was like a safe, it was like a, it was like a quick out. Right. It was like, I'm going to fail. And, and I just want to get home as fast as possible. That's, that's the, my only strategy. Yeah, that's a, at least that's a strategy. Yeah. Most like, people go to open mics have zero strategy. Yeah, I was like, this is going to be terrible, and I want to beeline it home. Mm-hmm. Was it terrible? No. It was great. It was great. I think I had one of the probably best open mic experiences for your first time ever, mm-hmm. because nobody was listening to the other comics. People were smoking hookah. And I didn't know what, like, hey, Judah. Hey, Gina. Uh, <laughs> um and and people laughed no one was laughing and people laughed and i was like oh you guys are laughing you know how you're surprised so i had to acknowledge it i was like why y'all why y'all laughing and it was like keep going and i was like no i'm gonna stop while i'm ahead (laughs) (laughs) and then you're immediately hooked right and then I thought it was like like beginner's luck, like car, like you know, like a poker game or something. And so well, I didn't believe it. Happens to a lot it. of comedians where the first time is great, and then the second time you bomb, and then yeah, and then you decide, okay, am I gonna try to be yeah. good again or not? Yeah, my my first bunch of times were great, and I was I had comedian friends, and I think that I soaked up all of their like habits without knowing it. Mm-hmm. Like I remember my friend Ian Edwards used to always say, he tape, yeah, he tapes his set, he does set recall right after. He's telling me this, like when I, I'm fresh out of college. I'm not, I'm so far away from my life today, mm-hmm. you know? And I, don't, and I don't know why he's telling me this. And I wasn't like writing it down like, oh, one day when I'm a comedian, I'll do this. No, I'm like, okay, well, call me when you, call me when you finish doing that. You know, like I don't care about that. And so my first time, I said, let me tape this. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's terrible, I just won't ever listen to it. But if it's not, then, I mean, I truly didn't believe it wouldn't be terrible. I'm going to be honest. I thought, without a doubt, it would mm-hmm. be terrible. But I taped it. And so I listened. So when it wasn't terrible, I listened to it. And then when I went to the next open mic, I just adjusted what I listened to. And then I just kept applying the habits that I, like, secretly absorbed from all these comedians. Now, how had you been in a position, because I know you mentioned acting and sketch and improv, how had you been in a position to be able to absorb that stuff from the other comics? 
I grew up, I'm from New York. As uh-huh. much as I live in LA, I'm from New York. And I actually went to school, I went to college locally. Some things happened in my life that forced me to come back home and go to college in New York. And a friend, very cl- close friend of mine at the time, she was in college at NYU. And so we used to always go to Boston Comedy Club, and we used to go, which is in the village. And then we used to go after that you show. You now only see it in uh, HBO's Crashing. Yeah, exactly. But it doesn't exist it doesn't as an exist. actual club anymore. Yeah. And then we used to go over to the cellar. And you, a young, cute girl, every comedian at the cellar is going to talk to you. Talk to you. <laughs> And try and be your friend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and some people disappear because you actually, you know, don't end up being their friend. I was a person that all they could get was a friendship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so the things that happened yeah. that forced you to go to college locally. Have you ever talked about any of that on stage? Uh, one time and I bombed. So... <laughs> I had my one of my siblings visiting me in LA and he we talked about it. We talked you know, he made fun of he made fun of it because that's what family does. Like it doesn't matter how tragic the situation is, family is gonna make fun of it because that's what family is, right? They're the people who can tell you the the truth without feeling bad about it. And so I thought it was funny that he was just like ripping me apart, like he was just like had, like roasting me basically about this like tragedy in my life. Mm-hmm. And so I go, I have a show and I go on stage and I start roasting my, I start telling the audience how my brother was roasting me and you know, whatever, how liberating it was for me. They were like, oh, oh no, oh. And then I found myself trying to convince them, no, I'm fine. This is funny, I'm mm-hmm. fine. And I remember the woman who booked me, she pulled me off stage and said, don't ever, if I book you for my show, do the material that I know. And I was like, well, I can't ever do her show again because I don't know how to be good consistently yet, Mm -hmm. but I know that this isn't, I know that I shouldn't be a part of, you know, this this type of show. Mm. Hi, ladies, don't get quiet because I'm taping. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... Uh, I'll see you guys later. Okay. It's comedy. It's comedy in 2018. Everyone's on a couch. Uh, well, you know, there are plenty of showcases to get into the darker stuff. Yeah. There's, you know, This Is Not Happening. Yes. Um, there's The Moth. Yeah. Oh, Ego I don't know Tell. The Moth. That's, that's more of a, it's not a comedy showcase. It's a storytelling. Yeah. You know what it is? It's not really dark, to be honest with you. It's. I don't know. Maybe it's dark. It's not like I got hit by a truck. I got hit by a truck and and I spent a year and a half, a drunk driver, and I got, I spent a year and a half of my life in the hospital, Mm -hmm. like recovering, you know, like learning how to walk again and learning. And it, it made me a very different person than I think. How old were you? I was 17. Okay. So it was my senior year of high school. And so... And it changed my life. I thought I was going to the WNBA. It drastically changed my life. I tr- and I don't say that like a hoop dream kid mm-hmm. or somebody that's like, I had no coordination, but I had dreams because I watched. No, I mean, my trajectory, everything was this girl is. is going to play college ball. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she got something. So she'll, she'll get a lot of endorsements. She'll mm-hmm. get a lot. You know, like 
and it drastically changed that. So it's not so much like, I don't think it's dark. I think I just haven't figured out. I started now. I've done a, f- a few shows like where I know well, that I have the freedom. A truck. Unfortunately, <laughs> no. So, so you couldn't turn it into the kind of gold comedy and gold gold that Tracy, gold gold no but you know Tracy it was it was it was a big business mm-hmm. it was a big business they've recently they they've since changed their name uh, yeah you remember airborne express yeah <laughs> it's a big business they don't go by airborne express they go by dhl mm-hmm. now people don't know that but that happened after their truck hit me because of that wow so two, two <laughs> careers changed. See, there's exactly. comedy in here. There's comedy. I think you can turn it into something. I think so, too. I just, it's about, you know, I just, I, when I did that, I was probably a year into comedy. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't even comfortable being who I am now on stage, you know? Um, so I'm, 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 I'm interested in trying it, you know? <laughs> have any of the have, Judah <laughs> Judah Freelander Judah I, that, yeah, I loved your left. show his show I did his show yesterday mm-hmm. it was great well Judah's always a fun time yeah but he, he, Judah's Judah's great but the show was it was like mm-hmm. and I like that theater which theater was it at? Uh, the Cafe Elizabeth or something like that. It's where... Um, Cleopatra? Cleopatra. I said the Elizabeth. The strip club. Yeah, exactly. That they've turned into a comedy venue. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I like that. I like that um, place. Well, with the, with the projects you've worked on with Wanda, have you, have, have you tried pitching any sort of semi-autobiotic biographical stuff? Yeah, so... Like so the show... Basketball you know, player oh, turned comedian? No, no. Or, no, I think that sort of stuff will come in the in in by way of book, mm-hmm. by way of film, by way of okay. it's not the story it's not the story quite yet that I want to you know tell on TV. It's okay. not that's not the platform for it in my opinion. Um, more but ne- more Netflix. <laughs> yeah, but but like right now, so I have a show in development right okay. now, and um, we're we're going after cable and streaming but it's still as much as it's autobiographical mm-hmm. and it's very personal it will we get into all of that but it it happens at that's not the start that's not the premise that's not like oh this is the hook mm-hmm. it was a basketball player who got hit by a truck and now she's a comedian no fuck no mm-hmm. i hate that's gimmicky that, that's a life but it's gimmicky gimmicky as fuck to me okay what have you what have you secretly absorbed from people that helps you maneuver this development process? Um what I really want to absorb is like the saving face. You know what that means? I'm not good at that. I am not good at I tend to so okay, I, I, I wanna say exactly how I feel in every moment. Sure. But you can't. I, you can't because people are making decisions mm-hmm. professionally based on how they feel about you personally. Sure. And I have to figure out a way to smile when I don't want to be somewhere, when I don't like who I'm talking to, when I'm not happy with what just happened. I'm not good at that yet. I am not good at that yet. And when I try, it's like words are coming out of my mouth, but it's a shitty attitude. <laughs> But it, then it's trying to be like nice words coming out my mouth, but the, the but the energy is shitty as fuck. So how do you deal with 
an atmosphere like this, just for laughs, where you're spending a week with a whole bunch of comedians, some of whom you love and some of whom you might not love, mm -hmm. and everybody in the business. It's touch and go, Sean. It's touch yeah. and go. It's touch and go. I'm like, oh, please let nobody be on this elevator. <laughs> <laughs> can I can I please just get back up to my room without somebody being on this elevator? And you, know, you think that, and then somebody, and then somebody like Judah gets on the elevator, and it's like, oh, it's exactly who I needed to see. Right? Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And then uh, I'm learning now. And then you, you, I, you know what I, you know what I do, what I've realized, you got to forgive yourself when the set isn't what you wanted it to be. When the room doesn't feel how you wanted it to be, you gotta forgive yourself, you know. And I think that's what's com I think that's that's comedy. Like, it's like football. It's like it's not always great. And then the next day, you gotta get up and play. You gotta get up and play and try and win and forget that you lost yesterday. Right. Because losing yesterday is not gonna help the win today. That's what comedy is. Exactly. That's a that's a great analogy. You know. Well, I'm glad that you're smiling with me because you just said you can't do it artificially. No, so. no, yeah, it, so no. This, so, so this, this is makes, genuine. So this makes this me is so genuine. happy that you're Oh, my God. I did a Skype call. I did a Skype call for like a show. And I was like, I don't want to do this shit. Mm -hmm. Genuinely. That was like, I don't want to. I do not want to do this shit. Not the Skype call, but like the shit. Like, it was just one of them. You know what I'm saying? Like, ugh. You know who I am and you know what you want from me. Stop it. See, pull it off the internet and just cut a clip together. Don't make me sit here and, you know. And then the girl, the, the producer uh -huh. who calls me, she's so, she got nothing but great energy. And I'm sitting here just trying to be shitty because the part of me is like, I don't want to. Uh. Mm -hmm. But she got, she has such great energy. I'm just like, I either got to get off the phone and not do, you know, get off the Skype call and not do this or give her back what she's giving me. Like she's just, she's being nothing but great. Mm -hmm. And, and also just trying to do her job. <laughs> and my job is to be fun and make people laugh and, and, and do your fucking job or get off the Skype call. You know, so like what did you do? I did my job. <laughs> I, it took five minutes for me to decide. Like, all of that conversation that I'm having with you out loud, I had that in my head. And she was like, what the fuck is going on? So she, <laughs> she saw, like, the gradual change of me being shitty to, like, oh, yeah, this is the person we wanted to talk to. And you're like, well, the time zone. And it's also, we're in a different country, so it's... You know what else, too? All... I think the more, the more you get into comedy, the, like, the more experience you have under your belt, the more okay you are with like I get that I'm navigating how to be in this to exist in the business part of it when you get into comedy you think that it is pure you think that it's just about you telling a story whatever it is if your story is long form or if it's in one-liners you think that it's just that on a stage for a certain amount of time and that's such a small part of it the, the, the truly fun part, the truly liberating part is the smallest part of it. And that realization is killer. And that for me is like, okay, 80% of this is the part about it that, that you most, that you don't enjoy. And so you have to figure out how to exist 
and make the part of it that you don't enjoy. Like you have to figure that out. That's the stage that I'm at. And so a lot of times when I do like these podcasts, these interviews and things like that, and I just want to talk about the, the pureness of comedy, it's like, no, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to uh, not let the business of it affect the 20% that I love about it. That kind of goes back to Dion's mirror. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. Because the mirror, you, like, you walk past that mirror and that's just a small part. Yeah. It's a very small part of it's it. It's on everything else in the world. Yeah. Room. Yeah. Yeah. Well, show business. Show business. That's why it's show business. Show business. It's that's show exactly. Business. Show business. Well, thanks for sh- sharing some of your business. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah. This was fun. Thank you. Thanks. This episode of the Comics Comic Presents Last Things First was produced by Alex Brazell at Showbiz Studios. Theme music by Camille Harris and Shockwave, logo by Giggle Chick. Please check out my website, thecomicscomic.com, for more interviews, reviews, and comedy news. Become a paid subscriber at patreon.com. I'm your host, Sean McCarthy. Thanks for listening. Thanks first.